0: This is the Macworld Podcast, episode 523 for August 31st, 2016. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Macworld Podcast. It's the end of summer, so that means that all the news happens at once, simultaneously, until we all collapse into a black news hole. I'm Glenn Fleischman, your fine host, a senior contributor at Macworld, and joining me is Suzy Oakes, the executive editor of Macworld at the end of her summer. How are you, Susie?
1: I'm good. I am already sad about the end of summer. Uh, I'm happy about other things because fall means fun times for us here in Apple Land. It's true. And I, uh, a few in
0: weeks world ago. of
1: Max, if you will.
0: My older son said, uh, summer's about half over. I said, no, no, that's not true. It's only, and I was like, oh my goodness, it is. And that was apparently weeks ago because summer is now almost over. In Seattle, we don't start school until uh, the two days after Labor Day. Some other jurisdictions, I know your kids are already back in school or teachers are in the he classroom only already. only off
1: for like a week. He doesn't really get summer yet, poor guy.
0: Aw. Yeah. That's, that's what you get. Yeah, I know. It's, He's uh, getting ripped off. Just remember, this is a thing, trick of parenting. You're like, man, this childcare schedule seems kind of relentless. And then you're like, oh, I have to occupy them the whole summer once there's no child care and they're in regular school. Yeah. It's a shock. Um, but we're not here to talk about K-12 education, not this week. Sometimes we do. Um, we have a lot of news this week. We're going to talk about Apple's tax bill, our Irish tax bill, uh, September 7th announcement being confirmed, and the most severe set of interlocked exploits ever discovered in the wild for iOS. But first, a tiny bit of follow-up. Uh, we talked last week about uh, AT&T had modified its plans, and uh, I think I might have mentioned that I'm going to save... Our family plan, we're going to save like 40 or 50 bucks a month, I think, with AT&T news, AT&T's new deal. Um, and... You know, we'll see how it goes, but I'm very delighted to be saving, like, $500 a year on service.
1: Awesome. Yeah.
0: And uh, Susie, did you see the court decision, by the way, that uh, the appeals court turned down uh, AT&T or FCC trying to get AT&T to pay uh, or, or be responsible for throttling unlimited customers like yourself? No, I didn't. It's. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to play out. The FCC is still... Pursuing a fine, but they were trying to, uh, uh, or no, I'm sorry, the FTC rather, because it was a trade, it was a, a fraudulent uh, issue. They're saying, look, they promised uh, unlimited people unlimited yeah, service. It's not and then
1: unlimited.
0: Yeah, it's not quite unlimited. But uh, so that's playing out in the courts. So it's a little minor thing. I don't know, but it may actually help push you over. I'm not actually going to
1: get any money, so I don't care. You're not going <laughs> to
0: I think there's somebody that might come back. They have a hundred million dollar fine. I think they're pursuing or something large like that. Uh, but so T-Mobile also so AT&T tweaked its plans, uh, more data, no overage charges, and a few other things. Um, and uh, T-Mobile said, "Ah, oh, we're getting out of this whole tiered plan thing. We're going all in on unlimited." And they their unlimited plan is relatively cheap, and it gets cheaper the more lines you add. So a family of, with four lines is paying I think forty dollars a month uh, before taxes. But they had some negative feedback because that um, basic unlimited includes a lot, but tethering was restricted to 128 kilobits per second. Um, all Way stri-
1: too slow. Yeah,
0: all the streaming is reduced and whatever, and you had to pay extra per month fees for all kinds of stuff. So they've apparently reformed that, and for they're raising the, bi- the basic tethering rate is going to be 512 kilobits per second, which isn't huge, but – it's included and in, you know, for you can do email, you can maybe do some streaming, you can't do a lot, uh, but, you know, download files. It's not horrible as part of this flat rate thing. Uh, if you want unlimited LTE, tethering plus... Uh, full HD streaming and other things you'll pay $25 a month per line more so now you have to you know look at that because it's unlimited you have to look at how it works uh, relative to other plans but T-Mobile may again be the best service for some people who use a lot of data in the right circumstances or don't use very much data they're also not going to pay as much
1: it's very funny that their original move was to make they even call it the one plan because it's just one plan for everyone and now they're like okay fine <laughs> we'll have the one plan and the one plus <laughs> Smart, so, though. but the day plan thing is genius i like this so you can be on the one plan just about when you're going about your day-to-day business because i like i don't have tethering because i still have the old at and grandfather plan which we've talked about many times um so i don't have tethering but you know what i only need it like twice a year i need it when apple does an event and like maybe if i'm in an airport maybe but i don't even really travel with a laptop anymore so i almost never need tethering um So, yeah, being able to just buy a day pass to Tether from AT&T would be great. Um, So, yeah... T-Mobile is. Uh, it it seems like you know they're they're having a backtrack, but I think the the solution that they came up with is a smart one.
0: Oh wait, but I think that may not be it. I think the HD pass, so their day pass is only for video. I think.
1: Oh, it's just a day pass for streaming.
0: It's just for high definition video oh, I take it and back, audio. Then.
1: Screw them. That's terrible. Yeah, you need one <laughs> if you want
0: LTE speeds. I know. And well, this is why this is exactly what we're talking about. This a is confusing. Day pass
1: for people. Come on, make it happen. Yeah, nope, you got
0: to pay 25 bucks a month for LTE tethering, or you can get 24 hour high def passes. Oh,
1: um, uh, I want yeah. a tethering pass.
0: I know, it's right. John say, Laguerre, I
1: know you listen. That's what you need to do next.
0: I like that they're saying uh, you get four times the we've we've quadrupled the unlimited mobile hotspot data. Yep, to 512 (laughs) (laughs) kilobits per
1: second. um, When you start from 128, like you know, every step up is just like exponential. It's
0: I know this is why these start still slow at the end of the day. Start low and you see what happens. Um, So
1: (laughs) that's my uh, motto.
0: (laughs) So anyway, more more things to compare, uh, more plans to compare. But I just like paying less, less money for service. I think the, the cell carriers have gotten uh, rich and greedy over all of our fees because they had us locked in. Yeah, but it's good. I mean, the fact is, I'm going to pay the least I've ever paid for the most I've ever gotten. Just about. I mean, I'll have slightly less yeah. bandwidth, but I don't use it as much because of all the Wi-Fi. Um, so I was. I mean, I think the carriers are fighting this long-term battle to preserve scarcity and competition reduces the uh, perception that scarcity exists because it doesn't really in the way that carriers want to pretend it does. And so, um, you know, really when you pay these per line fees, you're paying for the accounting systems. You're not paying for usage like phone calls, you know, occupy this minute fraction of the bandwidth that data does. So the whole model is still breaking up, and I think it'll. I think I love. I mean, imagine if T-Mobile had been acquired by AT and T, none of this would have happened. We'd be paying like two hundred fifty dollars a month for our plans instead of a hundred. So, uh, good words, good work there. Uh, next up, Apple's announcement's been confirmed with some bokeh. I've been learning Woo! how to pronounce this. It's you know that out of the when you focus something in a photograph, something in the foreground yes. is focused. It's called bokeh. Not bokeh. In the back, it's all blurry. Yeah. I had to learn how to pronounce it to, uh, this week. Bokeh.
1: It kind of looks like you're in a roller disco kind of yes. situation with the twinkling lights and the haze.
0: Bow like bow tie, ke like kettle. Japanese word. Uh, okay. That's been adopted. So, um, yeah, so the announcement has bokeh in it. But the idea is that maybe the two-camera iPhone 7 Plus will be able to – do interesting photographic tricks like give you a very narrow depth of field somehow. I'm really curious because, as I said last week, I'm in the middle of testing all these iPhone lenses. I'm almost done, and for various delays, I was trying to do it earlier in the summer. Now I'm going to do it right as the iPhones come out, uh, and one of them will have two cameras, and none of these lenses will work with it. But folks, we'll update that when more cameras, when more lenses
1: come out. Well, if it's only on the Plus, I mean, they could still work with the regular... Possibly. Um, they could possibly work with the, the non plus models. If they've done a, a, a
0: form factor redesign, you know, some of the uh, ones I tested actually most have cases, they yeah. require cases, or some use magnetic attachment. I like and the little work. magnets. Um, yeah, there's only one that I tested that did that, and I didn't really like the setup. Oh, I like work. it. And um, the, the seven plus. Uh, is even if it has two lenses, I'm going to assume there'll be a way for. I don't know if all the software will have to rely on both, so you may be able to use existing lenses with it for the interim too, but it'll be, there's gonna be changes afoot. Um, so, what we're expecting based on, you know, as it's kind of this, uh, the line converges as Apple locks down what it's actually gonna release and rumors come out because they're starting to, you know, send stuff to manufacturing and there's uh, devices out being tested in the wild and things like that, you start to get a better sense of what really is going to happen. So we're pretty positive. iPhone seven, seven plus, uh, no headphone jack. Seems like that's just no headphone. No jack. headphone jack. Two cameras so in the seven kind plus, of One in the seven. Wireless
1: earpod thing that might ship with it or might be an extra. And they'll probably also have a dongle that will connect your old wireless headphones to the lightning cable. I also just got an email from Griffin about a little uh, gizmo that you can plug your old wired headphones in. So instead of plugging them into your phone, you'll plug them into this little like doohickey, and then that will send the stuff over Bluetooth to your phone. So That's cool. So look for solutions like that. Hopefully they will all be shipping day and date with the phone because I have, like, so many headphones, and to not be able to use any of them anymore will be heartbreaking. So, yeah, no headphone jack. They also say um, they might not change the rest of the case much, but the headphone jack w- is going away so there can be uh, more speakers which they, they added, like, a stereo speaker setup to the iPad with the Pro, and right. it's pretty nice. Like, I, you know, I appreciate it. I... Wouldn't give up a headphone jack to get it, but that's really not my decision. So, iPhone
0: um, uh, iPhone 7 Plus is going to have two speakers, but not the iPhone 7. Is that right? I've forgotten I forgot. I think.
1: I mean, if the headphone jack's going away from all of them, them, I thought they were all going to have like a tiny second speaker on the I other side. I hope it's
0: thinner. Is the thing? I don't want thinner phones.
1: Yeah, I don't need Let's it to be keep that them thinner. Thin I've been using the SE. still since the review, and I just I like how it's a little chunkier. I can not stand of, it up on its side. I do that all the time.
0: Uh, my wife loves hers. She had an iPhone five, I think, before that, and went to the SE, and uh, she held out until it got released, and um, she has been delighted by it. and yeah, it's, uh, nice. it's great. It's great. Um, I don't need thinner. I think they have a real. I actually think the current iPhone lineup is the best. I mean, you always say that because newer devices come out, so the latest is the best. But I think. They you have, say
1: that every time they're like, it's the best, the best. iPhone ever. I, I and you're the, like, I uh, hope so. I SE, hope you're not making crappier iPhones like than exactly. you made last year. <laughs> but I
0: think in some ways, like if you if you strip away, like, you know, the camera resolution or whatever, it's like, I think they have the right separation. The SE, the uh, 6S, and 6S Plus are seem to be like the right shapes and range and form factor and features. Here's the problem: like, do you need anything more than this? I mean, that's the this is yeah. the this is the problem with the maturing industry. I don't ever need a phone. I mean the iPhone 6, I was I was happy to stay with the 5s I
1: want to try. Apple. There's there's been rumors that maybe they do like a pro phone with like a little smart connector, so you could slap it into a keyboard oh, yeah. or have some kind of battery cover kind of thing. Um, I, I you know that I think a small slice of people would like that, but if they're gonna start segmenting like use cases, right. I would almost rather see them take a page from Samsung. God forbid, and do like kind of more of a rugged version and one with a bigger battery. Like Samsung has like the, the, the Active series that, you know, like they're a little more waterproof and they, actually maybe they dropped that now that everything's waterproof, but um, yeah, they had, the, you could get one that was like more rugged with a bigger battery and things like that. So, you know, like here's one for the Road Warriors and 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 we're going to put, we're going to actually make it a little thicker and put a bigger battery in it.
0: No, I could, and, I could see that because I think, I mean I want to say it's not like these should be the last iPhone updates ever made. But there really is this point at which you say, "Okay, everything's 64-bit. It's all pretty fast. Do I need a faster iPhone than I have? I don't do gaming on it, so there's always a reason there." The natural there's like a natural progression of speed improvements that are fine. Like it doesn't need to be five times yeah. as fast next year to do X. The multiple camera that's not camera- so noticeable. Like right. you can't like sell that to people. It's just not as exciting. So I, so I think – I mean but it's funny when you say like, like the iPad I think hit this problem and the iPad Pro was the solution. The regular iPads had kind of hit the mark of like, well, this is what they do and now <laughs> do you need to replace this in the next seven years? Maybe not. When you hit that with the iPhones, the iPhones need to replace replaced just because of wear and tear, how we use them. But I think it becomes a harder sell to say this is an exciting new feature that causes you to update. And that's why – I mean I wrote that piece about – Apple may be getting off the um, frequent upgrade uh, cycle, and the SE, they may not update the SE for two years, for all we know, because its specs are really good. Yeah. It doesn't need to. And maybe we'll be wrong. Maybe they will update it or do – I mean, mean, Apple does this. Maybe they'll do a minor tweak, but they won't change the form factor. It could be like with the previous uh, model series that the uh, uh, SE is – Form factor I think they'll shares. leave it
1: now and they'll wait until they get rid of the home button on the, the phone. So th- there's already rumors about next year's phone um, that, you know, they're going OLED and they're getting rid of the home button and all this like crazy space age, like super redesign stuff. That'll be fall um, of
0: 2017. Yeah, it be like so the 10th
1: be... anniversary and everything. So th- there could be big things coming in 2017, but I think they're going to leave the SE alone until then. Well, that could be like
0: three years then because it was introduced in the... Um no, oh, no, I'm sorry. That's not right. No, it was could, just this. This you're right, 2016, spring. Yeah, So it could yeah. be tw- spring 2018. They could bring all the 2017 improvements there, and that makes sense to me because yeah. it's it's. They've. Per- I mean,
1: it's how they is- used to do with the iPod Touch. Like the phone right. would get new features, and then like four months later, the iPod Touch would get them. Like the iPhone SE is the new iPod Touch. Like the iPod Touch is still around, but like you know, who cares? The
0: pro- exactly the the problem with technology is that when you perfect something what do you do? Do you go out of business? I mean, I've cited this story before, but there was a great onion story. Yeah, Like the iPod ago.
1: classic, the iPod touch. You just kind of keep yeah. selling them to the ones who want them and you make new things for the other people. I don't now know. The,
0: the classic onion story was uh, Dell achieves goals, shuts down.
1: <laughs> it was like
0: 10 or 15 years ago. And it was hilarious. Like, all right, we've, we said we were going to be the largest person and we did it and we're closing down tomorrow. You're all of you out of work. And it's,
1: remember you know, that Kathy Griffin show, my life on the D list. You don't have cable. That. You probably never saw it. So it, it was ever. really hilarious hilarious. hilarious show was like her little reality show and her mom was on it and her mom is this like old Irish lady um, from like Boston I think and um, she was very briefly kind of dating Steve Wozniak I remember that he made a couple he made a couple appearances on the show and in one he comes by I think he's wearing a backpack it's like priceless and he's gonna meet Kathy's mom and she basically calls him out and is like why do they have to keep making stuff
0: like the stuff we have now
1: is fine can you just stop I think she asked him like verbatim. She's like, Can you just stop? And he just starts laughing because he thinks that she's like kidding around. And then she's just sitting there like patiently waiting for him to explain that, they, yeah, sure, they can just stop. It was so funny. I Sometimes this, it's, it's easy to feel that way.
0: <laughs> this, this will get very existential, but techno- I'm a bad
1: tech person right the now. The
0: progress in technology is about forestalling the notion of death. That's my statement, is that as long as – you remember the Winchester Mystery House? You live in the Bay Area.
1: Yeah, I haven't been there, but I – yeah. I Listeners, about-
0: if we don't – know there's the, the guy who invented the Winchester repeating rifle, which killed more people than any other weapon in history at the time it was invented. Uh, his widow experienced tremendous guilt or maybe a mental snap or something. And after he died – She was crazy. She – yes. Well, you know, she uh, – maybe she just did a no little – No judgment.
1: No judgment. Little,
0: Zopranax or some kind of drug, uh, um, and so she started building this house. And she was told by a medium, if I remember right, that as long as she continued to build the house, uh, she would not die. And she feared she thought the, the ghosts
1: of all the Indians who were killed with, and when Native Americans who were killed with Winchester rifles were going to come back and get her. But not if the house was under construction for some reason, because like who wants to deal with construction? It's loud, nails
0: everywhere. But she like, built like staircases that went to ceilings, yeah. and there's like room. So the
1: house was always under construction. Wax- but not regular like sane construction. Like there's, yeah, like a staircase that goes into a wall. There's like a door that opens and there's nothing behind she it. She was there's the like,
0: original ghost female Ghostbusters, so it wasn't yeah. really rebooted. It was really about her. Why isn't she in a Ghostbusters movie anyway? She was the Ghost Blocker. She my was like, point is, I'm sorry, we gotta stop. So <laughs> the point is though that I think the Winchester Mystery House, you know, is like technology progress. You have to technological progress rather technological progress is about the notion of forestalling this forestalling mortality I mean I think that's it yeah. like,
1: you know you gotta slow down and be thoughtful or you're just gonna start putting staircases everywhere
0: profound thought of the day well no I think that's I think they're akin I think I think uh, Wozniak making newer things is exactly like Winchester Mystery well
1: and the other funny part was he was he was not making anything he's not making any phones like uh, anyway it was, he's making time with Kathy Griffin it was adorable uh, so what else is coming <laughs> Yeah, let's change the subject. Uh, are we going to get new Macs at this event? Hmm, probably not. So all the Macs need to be refreshed. I just had to write a back, to, like, what Mac do you get for back to school? Oh, like, my God. Thing for this old, and I was like, ah, this old crappy Mac consider that an iPad because, like, the Macs are all really old. Um, it's pretty
0: embarrassing, actually. I'm, I mean, bad. this is when, so, you know, people try to make the argument Apple is overstretched, it's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, no, really, it's
1: a big company. And then you're like, Maybe they well, took the advice and stopped making new things, but with the computers. I can Yes, but it's still
0: like you're like well maybe they are overstretched maybe they can't focus on the um you'd think they could release
1: it was they were waiting for some chipsets for a while right but i mean the the compute the pcs all have new chipsets so i think there's
0: an issue with usb uh or not usb but thunderbolt 3 weren't they waiting yeah. for chipsets for thunderbolt th- 3 so they Probably. could put USB C that would be backward or uh compatible with the new thunderbolt standard and uh, uh, intercompatible with usb c and
1: display port and they, all that if they read and they're well the so they're probably redesigning the macbook pro and possibly also the air to you know do the whole USB C switch and stuff so yeah if yeah. they did a USB C macbook pro that had thunderbolt 2 and then you know immediately changed it later to thunderbolt like it it's it does kind of make sense to like you know hold it until everything's ready and then KB put them out
0: lake processors from intel okay uh, last thing i can find it thought there was something here it says late 2016 and so um the question is: Do those have? Yeah, this, I don't follow. And this is when you know I don't follow the chip stuff as closely as it. I should. <laughs> but I believe I thought they were waiting for. Um, yeah, they're sp- these are going to include native support for that's right for USB three point one Thunderbolt three peripherals, which then allows it to support USB C. I believe without having to have well, this will be a controller board. Um, but so that last thing I could find here is from a couple months ago. And I thought that was the chipset that Apple needed. Now, it's possible they get early access because they're a major manufacturer. So um, I don't know how this, you know, when they're sampling or whatever. But I thought, as you did, there's a constraint. Like they don't want to release. Why would you in mid or early 2016 release a new MacBook Pro, a new iMac, or a new, um, not MacBook Air, but a uh, uh, mac pro why would you release those when you know that the next release has to have thunderbolt 3 yeah because otherwise you're releasing something that's immediately obsoleted by you know three months later it's like oh but now we have thunderbolt 3 available so Mm -hmm. i assume they are now i like you like you that they they can say like
1: oh we don't know what the ipad refresh cycle is but they know what the mac refresh cycle is they know that people buy a mac and expect to keep it for like several years
0: But i mean there's a right complaint that Given the speed, I mean, when you're watching processor speeds go up like crazy in other product lines, and then Apple's still sort of, you know, you're uh, Apple's selling largely to a certain set of existing users who are buying a machine to do basic stuff. And uh, and then there's super high end people, right, who are doing video editing and animation, and other stuff, who need, um, you know, the Adobe customers uh, and photo editors, whatever. They want the most power, the most features, the best IO, um, and all that. And so I feel like, they're disappointing that crowd by not having more incremental releases. Yeah, but they would disappoint them more by releasing something without Thunderbolt three, and then other devices shipped not from Apple, and then six months later there was a revision with Thunderbolt three, and everyone be like, "But why didn't you wait?" So, I don't think they can wait. But it is—it's disappointing. This is a really long dry stretch, and especially when they're still selling a lot of the machines, and they make you know some good money off it
1: yeah, so back to the event, the rumor that uh, Bloomberg um uh, Mark German over at Bloomberg now uh, wrote yesterday saying that they he he didn't think the Macs were would be out until, like they might go back to the an October event. They didn't do an October event last year. Yeah. um, but in other years, they kind of had so many new products to get out before Christmas that they did iPhone. And possibly, you know, Apple Watch in September, and then iPads and Macs in October. So they might go back to that this year, yeah, um, yeah. and then or because because these are rumored to be like actual redesigns, not just like oh, it's got a faster chip. Like here you go, refresh, where they would just put them in the store. Um, so so there could be. And then they could still do that, but there there could be an event in October for new Macs. Um, And then, like, we're a little split, it looks like, on whether the Watch will be announced at the September 7th event next week.
0: It feels like a lot. If they introduce new phones, I mean, maybe it's the one more thing is Watch 2, but don't you feel like Watch gets its own event? They
1: could do that, yeah. Because, I mean, they don't need to do anything with the Apple TV. Like, the iPads are probably pretty set for this holiday season, um so yeah phone and watch if they're going to sell them for this fo- holiday they got to announce them now
0: I guess that's right I was going to say don't they want to have a separate and going watch on event sale. Oh, yeah. yeah, but don't they want a separate watch event? You think they actually want to do it mm, alongside? So it's yeah. iPhone plus watch could be one thing? I think thing. it
1: could be iPhone plus watch, especially because if the September event is just iPhone, the whole story is going to be no headphone jack, you know? But if it's iPhone and watch, like only half the story will be no and headphone jack. And you can
0: use the new Apple earbuds with your watch. What if they put watch? a
1: headphone jack on the watch? That would be amazing. That'd be great.
0: I want to have like a little... Uh, just to troll everyone. I want to have a little uh, a retractable cord that comes out of it, zzzz, and I can plug it into <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, remember when the ipod nano like the little yeah. square one that people were wearing as a watch and you actually had to like if if, if you i think it had bluetooth you could do it wire, wireless yeah, yeah. headphones but otherwise like i it had a And if you're wearing long sleeves, you could just kind of like run it up your arm. You know, the
0: company Lunatic was one of the first uh, uh, Kickstarter successes. They're uh, a year into a lawsuit against with eBay, where they allege that eBay has done an improperly bad job in removing counterfeits because Lunatic now sells like every kind of iPhone and whatever accessory. Yeah. Um, so these companies don't go away; they just try to survive in the current situation. Uh, yeah, oh, oh, by the way, yeah, So I think John Gruber suggested that maybe the if there's a Mac event in October, it'll be like a small event as opposed to one of these big ones. It'll be like a you know a small announcement. It could which be they another tend town to
1: hall. joint. Who yeah, knows? Who knows? But well, we'll find out. Uh, let's like, so see. So this one is at yeah. um, the Bill Graham in. Uh, just Yeah, it's down in the Civic Center neighborhood of San Francisco. Um, And when they had the iPhone event there last year... Part of the reason was they were able to set up like a lot of hands-on space so they yeah, had yeah. hands-on space for the iphone they also announced the 12.9 inch ipad there and they also had the new apple tv and the apple pencil and there was room to try all of that so that's another i mean they need more space than they have on their campus your Buena is even a little bit tight for all the people who want to go to an iphone event but the Bill Graham would be a lot of space for just one thing, so that's, that's another true. clue that maybe Apple Watch.
0: Well, and it's also you're right. If they put the watch out, they're going to want to have a ton of watches so that they can give a time to give enough people time to uh, uh, demo with them. Uh, where if it's just iPhones, you don't need as so much space because it's like, well, let's look at the double camera thing. It's not going to be as big a deal. Uh, for photography or for uh, yeah and you can't really test that
1: in any kind of hands-on situation nope which is sort of nice when you're writing the hands-on you're like and it's got a camera and we'll test it later two (laughs) cameras and we can you can make photos out of focus better than ever before you don't even have to get into it it's beautiful (laughs) uh
0: so let's see so the next next on our agenda is uh the 9.3.5 ios uh super fast update which was terrifying
1: big story last week this was our biggest story by far Which is good. It shows that you guys are, you care about security and I salute you.
0: It's good. I was, uh, I've got a story, a column in progress, uh, that I'll run soon, a private eye that said that was about the, um, this sounds like a sidebar. It's not exactly, it was about the Google earth updater that we talked about where Google pushed out an update to the Google earth plugin that people didn't even know they'd ever installed. And maybe who knows how it got in there. And, um, my headline is something like, I don't know if you'll you'll edit it, I'm sure is is good new you know, good job everybody. <laughs> you didn't you thought it was phishing. And it's great because a lot of people thought this Google updater, because it was unexpected and they didn't remember installing it, they're like, This is malware and it wasn't, but good work. So Likewise, like I think this is – it's kind of nice when people are so security focused that they're like, okay, we know that there are all these mal uh, – you know, uh, neer do trying to uh, attack our systems. This is now really clear. So, hey, let's get 935 installed right away. Um, so this update, I talked to uh, one of the researchers at uh, – Uh, public citizen which was the group that um this nonprofit group that partnered with uh with a uh, uh, lookout is a lookout in the yard no sorry lookout security which is a security (laughs) firm Uh, they work together on this so the story is for folks if you haven't read or heard about this i'll just give you the brief version because many people have is there's a uh, human rights activist in the united arab emirates who has been um imprisoned and then was pardoned he's been uh fished uh Twice previously by two other major firms that supply uh, legal intercept technology, legal under local laws, uh, to you know grab um, to sort of do uh, sniffing of whether it's telephones or uh, data or whatever. Um, so he's been targeted multiple times, and uh, he's under sanctions. He can't leave the country. His passport's been seized, and he continues to do this. Activism work, and of course, uh, and this not to get into the political side, but it's always interesting. Like the, it's not the um, uh, UAE is apparently a very well-run country. It has some issues with human rights, you know, standards, but it's not like uh, this isn't some. I don't know. It's funny the st- the stuff that he's fighting for. If you read about it, you're like, well, this just seems like the, like, why is everyone so angry with him for asking for these basic things? But so it's sometimes the cultural context is very complicated that the government would go after him so intensively. He's one of the most surveilled and attacked individuals in the world is the weird part because UAE has a lot of, you know, uh, gas money. And so they spend it. So he gets this text message, gets a couple text messages that say, Hey, here's information about, you know, all this illegal activity in the UAE, you should click here. And he's like, yeah, 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 (laughs) that's great. And he'd already been working with a public citizen. And uh, so he forwarded the information to them. And um, they know that these URLs, that if it's a malware that's trying to target an individual, they're usually one click and then they disable. So if you've already clicked it, you can't go back and examine it. So they get a phone, they load it up, and they're Figure, they configure the phone so they can monitor everything that's going on, monitor the network traffic and see what's going on, on the phone. They fire it up. They click the link and it, boom, boom, boom. The phone's hijacked. They see all this transaction going on. And I talked to uh, – so one of the researchers um, uh, behind this, he said uh, they see the phone contact the command and control servers and they're like, oh, my god. This is this could locate us. We don't know what kind of access they have. They said they threw it – basically threw it in a metal box. So that they wouldn't, so, uh, you know, a, a Faraday cage, so it would no longer be able to communicate and they shut it down, but they were able to pull uh, all the forensic inf- forensics information out of it and see what happened. And then they spent, uh, they worked with this uh, other group that was describing the uh, lookout that, um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, what am I calling it the right thing? It's Citizen Lab. I'm sorry. I've been calling them public citizen. That's a different group. Citizen Lab is the group. My apologies. That's citizenlab.org. It's a group at the uh, University of uh, Toronto that works on uh, the intersection of uh, information technology and human rights and security. So anyway, sorry. So excuse me. <laughs> the that, that Citizen lab. Um, so, this fellow, uh, Bill Marzak, I spoke with, he said, uh, uh, you know, they start working with the folks at, um, at Look at Security uh, to pull this apart. They realize this is like major unprecedented zero days. These are not exploits that are known. They're unpatched in the current 9.3.4 system, and they believe they were also um, unpatched 9.3.3. They haven't tested previous releases, so it's unclear how far back it goes in iOS 9. Um, iOS 10 was also updated. Apple confirmed for me that they updated. Uh, one of the betas that came out before the 935 one did included a fix for this. Um, and uh, they turn us all over. They call up Apple, like, and uh, they turn it all over to Apple. Ten days later, Apple ships out an update. So this was August 10th and 11th. Uh, the fellow in question, uh, this is, I'm sorry, this is uh, Ahmed Mansour is the person in question, Um He forwards these, you know, August tenth and eleventh, and within you know fifteen days of that, I think we're talking the updates are out from Apple. So a few days to analyze, they hand it over to Apple. Apple turns this around, and boom. Um, But uh, do you want me to describe the the exploits a little bit? I don't want to go into too much detail. It's in the article. Um. Briefly, I'll go briefly.
1: There was a crazy Reddit thread someone linked to on Twitter where yeah. some guy claimed to have this on a jailbroken device had been infected with Pegasus, and it's people were like, "You gotta send it into like the, these yeah. researchers or those researchers. You have like the only one in the wild. Like, and he just he didn't. Or, or like, you know, also like they're watching you and you should maybe restore it. And th- yeah. there was like Cydia something, Cydia race or something that he. The, but the researcher was like, "That's not gonna work." And it was like I, reading the thread was like watching a little thriller movie, but the guy didn't want to like do anything to the phone because he didn't want to lose his jailbreak. Oh my goodness. Which is goodness. just crazy. And, then, well, and that actually made me think that maybe like he was full of it and like this was not really happening, but it was very um, it was very dramatic.
0: It's Well, th- the thing that's interesting, so this is three, inter- all right, sure, I'll talk about this really briefly, right? Okay, three interlocked exploits. One of them took advantage, uh, it was JavaScript, and it was able to uh, essentially uh, break <laughs> the ability for um, I, mean, I got to bring this up because I'm sorry. The details are so complicated. It's the because uh, uh, it was three prongs. One broke Safari. Another figured out ha- and downloaded software. Another figured out location and memory where cert- where the uh, kernel was. And then the third essentially deployed a paylo- uh, payload. So is this uh, terrible thing? It's um, uh, yeah because the um, the the uh, SMS message when you open that URL, it would. It used an exploit that allowed JavaScript to load and then execute software. And they're both 32 and 64 bits; it's compatible. So whatever you need for your system, this virus can, this malware can do it. Um, Right. So it's these three stages. It's not just uh, it's you know it's run download and run software, uh, which shouldn't happen in Safari. To figure out exactly where the kernel is, so you can deploy uh, payload. Three deploy a, a, a corrupt memory in the kernel so then you can download and run uh, any application. It jailbreaks the phone. And so there's an issue. I still have not heard an update about this, about whether a couple of the jailbreaks that were floating around the wild for 9.3.4, I'm sorry, not in the wild, but were, were being demonstrated. You could see videos um, from the usual suspects showing how uh, the jailbreak worked, that they'd actually done it. And it's possible it relied on one or more of these exploits to jailbreak the uh, the phone. It's easier if you're doing stuff directly to your phone. It can be easier to trigger. So they may not have needed a sequence of three. But those are three zero days, each of which might have been worth a million dollars or more on the open market. Um, the software company, this NSO group that, uh, was that uh, the Citizen Lab fingers as being the party that uh, – uh, is responsible and their Pegasus monitoring software. They say it's, uh, I think, look at, actually, sorry, look at security said it's $8 million for a 300 seat license for this Pegasus remote monitoring software. So they just burned a lot of money. I mean, NSO can't use those exploits again because they're patched. They can only use them on older uh, iOS devices. And anybody who has an iOS device and is concerned about surveillance is updating. Um, another part, we're talking about jailbreaks. This software actually, once it's installed, it disables other jailbreaks. <laughs> And it sort of patches, like fixes things so that nobody else can – it disables automatic updates as well. So it won't automatically overwrite too. And then there's also remote disabling software. So if it's discovered, some things I think in the software uh, – the software itself – can detect it's like it could like reinstall monitoring.
1: itself. Like people on Reddit were saying, like if, if, even if it looks like you got rid of it, you probably didn't. Yeah, it'll it hide can, like, itself, and then they yeah. can also
0: remotely destroy it. So they can actually they can not destroy it and repatch the software so that it's essentially an broken phone again. When someone looks at it, they wouldn't know this had happened.
1: And then um, it was like we can look at your camera, like total control, right? Like we can listen to you. Any like, devices that are uh, all the hardware
0: that's attached, um, you'd be able to know GPS coordinates. You'd be able to they have. Have um, specific filters to monitor things like iMessage, Gmail, Facebook, WhatsApp, a bunch of uh, Chinese and Russian um, messaging services. Uh, so it's you know uh, it, it's the most it's not the most insidious thing that's ever been developed. It's the most insidious thing that's ever been discovered. And what's really handy, of course, is when Apple's trying to say. There's a lot of stuff out there that could attack you, and we're trying to patch it all the time. FBI, we don't want to add to that by making a version of our system (laughs) that's correct. It's like... Oh, uh-huh. bah! You know, here you go. Here's the example. Exhibit
1: Q. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, and meanwhile, well, we talked about this last week. The so fact everybody,
1: that everybody of, go like uh, update your phones if that, you like haven't. Yeah. NSA
0: zero days were were exfiltrated and released. You know, last week or the week before. Uh, you know, so these were exploits developed by the NSA that weren't disclosed to the companies whose software was affected, and then they leaked. And there's still some of them were still uh, deployable. They hadn't actually been. Uh, patched or released. So, you know, yeah, there's no problem with developing a government OS that would let you bypass a uh, version of, uh, the protections in iOS. That's terrible. Ah, <sighs> uh, scary. But so the interesting thing is an Apple in their ba- background, you know, told me to, they thought this would be worth emphasizing is these were targeted attacks. These weren't, you know, general malware. If anybody had ever, Oh my God, Susie, if somebody manages to deploy, Malware that uses these kinds of zero days and get it out there in the wild. So visiting a site would do this. I mean, it's worth so much that it'd be all you'd hard. All you need know, is some
1: naked celebrities, and you could take over yeah, everyone's phone. But, but it's just, so
0: valuable. These are. I mean, this is three. And I asked the the researcher uh, Marzak. I said, "How? You know, you didn't disclose all the details." He's like, "Yeah, we obfuscated some details. We didn't provide enough information." And the patch is already out there when we released our report. So you can't just read the report and duplicate it, but you know where to look. And he said, these are not trivial. Like these are, this is a lot of dedicated work to find these and to activate them. So it's not like they released a roadmap or a script kitty can just go like, oh, I just write JavaScript, three lines of JavaScript and boom, I know Unix, tap tapity tap Um, tap it's, it's more complicated than that. But, uh, and the other thing is, if you're a malware developer, or you're somebody who works in this industry, and you develop an exploit like this, you find a hole this big, you don't deploy um, you know, a spamware and try to sell people Cialis or infect their machines to do identity theft. You go to the gray market or the black market and you sell it for half a million to a million dollars, maybe more. So the people, there's actually this really perverse incentive, which is if you have a really good one, you don't build your business around it. You sell it and then it gets used by these outfits that sell to governments or maybe some criminal agencies, but they use it for targeted purposes because they're so valuable to attack people who don't know they'll be attacked. Once it's out in the wild, then it gets patched. So if you, you know, Uh. if you try to attack a million people with this or a billion, well, you know, yeah, you may actually cause an enormous amount of disruption, but it's very hard for you to realize a return from it. Then it's patched and gone forever. So like I say, I think there's a, I think there's a, um, uh, uh, what's the right term? I think it's like a like I say perverse incentive when you discover these to not release them in the wild um, or share them with anyone else. That's the world we live in.
1: That's crazy. So even though you specifically are probably not in any danger unless you're some kind of, you know, Jason Bourne type character, uh, patch your phone. Anyway. Patch phone.
0: Yeah, because now that people know this is a possibility, my suspicion is a bunch of people are noodling with this to see if it's worth exploiting. Um, but uh, uh, what did uh, Apple's stat to me was 85% of users are up to date, like they're using the latest OS. And so that last 15% is a small target, and it gets smaller every day because devices break or people update. So there are still people running you know, iOS 5, 6, 7, 8. Um, it's a smaller target, and you have to customize your attacks to them. So so people ask me, I, I, when I wrote this article, you'll see in the comments, folks said, uh, oh, so people using iOS 8 or iOS 7 are screwed, right? It's like, well, no, because you're not a target. There's not enough of you for someone to put the effort into doing this because the yield is such a small amount that they're, there's just, you know, you have to get people, you have to fish people and get them to go to a page and then take over the phone and then run these command and control servers and then deliver a payload that then has some cache, something attached. It's a lot of work to reach a small number of people. So um, that's the story. Uh, should we talk about tax, the most exciting subject? Before yes, we, uh,
1: from security to taxes, we're just bringing it. Expert, expert,
0: choking smoker. Don't you think the? Oh, sorry, just thinking about I am the tax man. You know, magical mystery tour. No, not a Beatles fan. All right, <laughs> yes, yes, Glenn, I hear you. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Apple is the walrus is my take. Um, so, Apple apparently owes. Uh, it's a very odd situation. So they underpaid their taxes in Ireland, according to the European Commission. And Apple's statement is, um, we don't owe we, – you're telling us that Ireland told us the amount of tax to pay. We did it legally, and now we owe more because a, gr- a group that is not Ireland is saying Ireland didn't tax us appropriately, which is kind of what's going on. Um, you've been following Apple for a long time. You know th- Their tax <laughs> strategy is very interesting, I think one could say.
1: I mean, it's interesting for a tax strategy. <laughs> I don't really get too into Apple's financials um, because I just don't. But um, yeah, so they they have uh, – Apple has released – first there was a story about um, the – European Commission has decided that apples um, has underpaid taxes in Ireland and has to repay something up to 145 billion plus interest um, and I feel no, no, like wait. interest Four, 14.5 billion. 14.5 I'm sorry that's I right. well, missed Apple, the you decimal point.
0: The With Apple the numbers are out of control so it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, happen. I just read right over that decimal point. So it's not quite so bad, but 14.5 billion plus interest which Pocket I imagine change. would also be a nice chunk of cash. Yeah, cuz this dates um, back to
0: 2003 some of it. I think the largest amount is more recently, but it dates back. Ooh,
1: yeah. Before. Ooh man. Um so so that's what's going on over in Ireland and then Apple released a statement saying that um, it, that most of its profit is comes through the United States, and you know, just just looking at the taxes they're paying in Ireland isn't really the full picture. Um,
0: but they don't; so, most of yeah. their money has not been. See, I can't. Uh, but the
1: the article about paid their
0: tax the nets, and this is the whole thing. They have hundreds of billions of dollars outside the United States that they haven't brought back here. They haven't repatriated because they would have to pay corporate tax, and that's mm-hmm. part of a. There's going to be some kind of grand bargain with the next presidential uh, whoever wins the yeah, presidency. They're trying to get
1: some kind of holiday where they can bring it back in without. Yeah, which could be. I mean, you know, so Apple says it's
0: been operating, and let's let's give it the assumption. You know, it's been operating under. The law, but when you're a company that has a huge amount of clout and you help change laws, uh it's a that's a different and then you matter.
1: shrug and go, "We're just following we're the following law." We're following the law. I mean, it's one thing to say, <laughs> we're following the law
0: that we help. Right now, they're saying in the case of Ireland. Oh, I'm sorry, there was another issue you wanted to bring up as well. Beg your pardon. So they, said, they, they oh. said they're right. They're paying most of the taxes. They also-
1: yeah, well, the investigation, though, found that the profit reported in Ireland, which is a lot, which is like all of their European market, like I guess goes through their operation in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And they were paying, they started off paying 500 euros per million euros in profit. And then as recently as 2014, that fell to 50 euros per million euros. That of fair. So that's talking? 0.005%. <laughs> so the commissioner quoted in the story said, I would have a feeling if my effective tax rate were 0.5% and then fell to 0.005%, I would feel that maybe I should have another look at my tax bill. So Apple's saying like, you know, we followed the rules, but yeah, like your point is that they, if, if, you know, they wrote the rules, then...
0: right. And I would definitely have to quote, you know, just to be in interest of fairness, I mean, you should read Apple's letter because, you know, they responded to this. They employ a lot of people in Ireland. They pay a lot. You know, here's the thing. One of their defenses is uh, – let me find the exact phrasing is uh, we pay – what is it they say here? Um, they're the biggest taxpayer in America. Yeah, Apple
1: disagrees with all of this. Yes. They
0: say we're the largest taxpayer in Ireland, largest taxpayer in the United States, and the largest taxpayer in the world. But they also say, and you know they say in Ireland, in every country where we operate, Apple follows the law and we pay all the taxes we owe. But here's the thing: they're they sound like Brexiteers here. Uh, Republic of Ireland is part of the European Union. It's not part of the United Kingdom, so it's not part of the whole Brexit mess that's still. Uh, Collapsing over there. Uh, But oh, yeah, right. So it's not, it is, it has the Republic of Ireland has no interest in exiting the EU, but it is well understood for decades that the Republic of Ireland has been a tax haven within. Certain parameters that's allowed it to succeed at attracting. The Ireland used to be a very struggling economy. They became the uh, what was it the Celtic Tiger I think it was called for a while because um, they were able to convince tech companies to locate there because of the low tax rate. Apple pioneered a tax strategy called the Double Irish which allowed them to have two separate entities in Ireland, one of which had a headquarters elsewhere, but was based there so they could avoid it. was this whole tax mess that has finally been, um, it's going to be grandfathered out by 2020. And I think it's, but this is 2015 newly incorporated companies can't use this strategy by 2020. It's going to be grandfathered out. And you know, th- that's something that took decades to get for the, um, the various economies involved to uh, make happen. But that was, you know, it's a, the double Irish was legal because Ireland structured something to allow companies to avoid paying tax elsewhere and pay tax legally in Ireland by passing the uh, licensing taxation through in a very complicated way. So Apple has a long history in using Ireland. It's, you know, it's a tax dodge. They know they're paying less tax. Yes. It's legal because it's legal within that sovereign country, this issue is complicated because Ireland, you know, we're going to find out what the, de- <clears throat> the detail is later. But Ireland was, engaged, you know, Ireland agrees as part of the EU. It tra- it changes local law mm-hmm. yeah. and it signs agreements with all these other countries to behave in a certain way. So when Apple says we're conforming with with Ireland's tax laws, we follow the law. It's like, well, Ireland may have violated its own law. I mean, this effectively says the Commission is saying that Ireland violated its own laws in regards to what it agreed to do as part of the EU. So Ireland could, you know, this is the kind of thing, like, does Ireland leave the EU? No. Is it going to conform to EU laws and not allow taxes to get, um, you know, sucked out of other countries in favor for this lower rate? I mean, that's what it's about. So they're talking about it as national sovereignty being overturned, but it's really about Ireland agreed to things and changed its law to be part of this union, which has certain kinds of overriding rights about taxation.
1: Yeah, that's a good point that it isn't an Irish commission or an Irish court um, saying that these this situation is unfair, that Apple isn't paying enough, that these tax laws need to be changed. It's the European Commission, which is an arm of the EU. So, yeah, whatever uh, taxes Ireland gets, like, you know, presumably they have to they have to share some. So. um, So, yeah, it's that's why. Yeah, there is kind of a a Brexity vibe to Apple's statement here.
0: Yeah, it's just, you know, Apple, Apple, like a lot of big companies, shops its profit around mm-hmm. using legal structures to pay the lowest tax rate, which is advantageous to shareholders. It's not advantageous to governments and citizens. It's only advantageous to shareholders. And even, you know, saying that they, their statement that they pay the most tax in Ireland, America, and the world, that's great. But that's like, okay, they but They make that's, the
1: most money, so they should pay the most yeah, tax. It's you Yeah, it's,
0: like, not... it's not, that's not fair. There's nothing, I mean there's nothing fair about what Apple is doing. It's taking advantage of loopholes and they don't want to, and, and they're even the thing, I mean, double Irish is one of those, but the other, in which is being phased out because it's not fair. Um, they've had the advantage of decades. They've probably, you know, taken home billions of dollars or more. Microsoft is also other companies. Starbucks faced an enormous amount of criticism. Uh, several companies recently, uh, last few year's have faced an enormous amount of criticism in, uh, in,
1: yeah, they're still investigating Amazon and right McDonald's. in the UK,
0: because it'll be like Amazon page, you know, this incredibly tiny amount of tax in the UK because of its Luxembourg strategy. Of, yeah, sh- McDonald's
1: right. is in Luxembourg too. <clears throat> right, all these
0: things are. So the thing is, it's you know, Europe, the European Union. I'm not sure why they allowed this to go on so long because it was clearly something that was a problem, and there's a lot of fallout that will happen. But it doesn't mean that suddenly you know Apple doesn't suddenly make a lot less money. It still has huge margins and huge profits. This is about profit, not about margins. So if they have to pay a percentage. Then there's a related issue that this actually brings up too, is that Apple has all this money that's not repatriated because of US taxation. We were talking about this at the outset. And uh, if there was an amnesty of some kind that allowed them to strike a deal and bring that money back, then, then they would be able to get a refund against tax paid. So if they wind up being taxed in America at rate X, they won't be double taxed and then pay in Ireland and in America. They get credit for the tax paid in Ireland or vice versa. So um, you know, it's not like these governments – governments would love to double dip, I'm sure, but there is some harmony across countries. And I just think it's it's, very disappointing of Apple um, because, uh, you know, we already – there's a lot of issues about how Apple does business that have improved over the years. But this tax thing is, you know, playing by the rules makes you competitive but not trying to change the rules. I think Jeff Bezos even talked once about that he didn't like what they – not what they did as a company, but he, he, I think he said something about we're going to use whatever's out there, but we don't necessarily support that. This is what we have to do. Something like that. I wish I should find the quote, but I think it was Bezos because a lot of companies, uh, uh, you know, if you're going to be competitive, you don't pay more tax than you have to. But, you know, again, if you're lobbying to pay less tax or you've struck deals, you know, secret deals that nobody knows about, not saying that Apple did here, um, I think some material came out a few years ago about Ireland and Luxembourg about deals they had struck. But um, you know, it's fundamental fairness here. It's like you can you can disagree about the the rate of taxes. Maybe American corporate tax shouldn't be as high as it is. Although you know the average is that uh, what's American corporate tax like? Thirty five percent is the ostensible rate, but the average tax paid is like fifteen percent because of all the big companies use. Uh, Loopholes and the little companies, you know, like me, if I was a corporation, I'd be paying 35% um, because I don't have lawyers. Yeah. So the average paid is so low. There's just a lot of notion of let's get rid of the loopholes, let's simplify it, let's take billions of dollars spent on lawyers. And avoidance strategies and things that lead to money being kept out of the US instead of invested and held here. Let's make it a lower flat rate that's more flat for corporations so that it reflects something that's fair. And then everyone just pays the goddamn rate. And <laughs> there's none of this like big, small company.
1: So Apple's in the middle of that. They, they are in the middle. Um, the standard rate of Irish corporate tax is 12.5%.
0: Standard rate standard uh yeah so we're not usually a taxation program that discusses taxation but
1: um thanks for sticking with us
0: it's an you know it's an interesting issue it's i think it's uh, it is i want to read more about this this. like i don't want to buy you know it's the same thing it's like people um there were demonstrations i think against starbucks in uh, the uk when they came out how little tax they pay there and i think they wound up restructuring what they were doing in terms of like where they're holding money because people are so angry They're like why would i pa- patronize people are like i'm not going i don't know how much it affected their earnings maybe somewhat um like i'm not going to patronize this multinational company i'm going to find local you know mom and pop shops or or uk owned stores that are paying their tax here and i think people are more and more concerned about that 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 it's a fairness issue it's not let's soak the companies it's it's let's make sure taxes paid where business doesn't mean is done. You should yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. Yep. I mean, Washington State has this issue because Microsoft has avoided paying. I think it finally got solved. Microsoft used, an, I think it was an Irish licensing entity, so uh, they should have paid a bunch of tax in Washington State in a just and fair universe, and did not because of this entity. Uh, but they reap all the benefits of being here, and um, there are issues about like how much Washington State had been essentially had uh, allowed Microsoft to be undertaxed or Microsoft. Because some of the rules are federal, was able to, and you know we're a state that for a while was struggling. Now our economy in Seattle is kind of superheated, but um, it's a state that could use the money from a giant, multi-billion-dollar corporation that's here that makes huge amounts of profit. Maybe they shouldn't be paying their local tax in another country.
1: Yeah, and I mean Apple doesn't really need to do this. Like, right. yeah, they're a public company, so they're you know beholden to their shareholders, and they should try to pay you know as little as they can legally. But, you, I mean, they're also, like, they're making a ton of money. And if the Irish tax rate is 12.5%, if you can't survive on 88% of, like, what Apple's pulling in, I you know, know, you're not going to be Wait. able to survive on 99%. So this it's it's not a
0: gross tax. I mean, we have to make clear. It's like we, I pay a gross tax in Washington State. There's a business and occupation tax. So every mm-hmm. dollar I make in Washington State, I pay a few pennies of um no matter whether it's profit or loss, which is sucky. Oh, yeah. and these, yeah. We need an income tax here because yeah, it's Yeah, like a,
1: a profit tax, probably, right. Great. So if Apple yeah. has a
0: 30 something percent margin and they take home $100 billion uh, you know, in profit, well, not 100 billion a year, but anyway, they take home $10 billion in profit, they're paying a percentage on that, not their overall revenue. Just to be clear, some people get confused, like, but you're, you know, Apple won't have any profit if you take 30% or 20%. It's like, no, no, this is of what they earn. And, you know, they pay in different countries, they are paying larger percentages and they get credit for that. Um, they don't pay you know, 100% of their tax. But I there's a chart I posted on Twitter. Uh, there was a great uh, article that someone put on Medium, this analyst, uh, Jan Dawson. Uh, and uh, I don't know if I'll put it in the show notes if we don't have it. It's this incredible uh, – he said Jackdaw Research at Five Years of Tim Cook's Apple and Charts. And I will drop it into the show notes. And um, uh, the thing it has in there, one of the charts uh, is uh, – oops is where Apple holds its cash. And it is pretty astonishing uh, to see that it's gradually shifted to holding nearly 100% of its cash in other countries. So when Apple says we paid all our tax, you know, we have our research and development here, we pay all our tax to America, it's like I think that's a technicality. I don't think it actually does. I think it will if it repatriated it. So it's paid all the appropriate tax so far, but it actually hasn't paid all its tax here because it's keeping the money overseas. And I think with that, we should uh, call it a halt. This is
1: going to keep going on, I think. So, yeah, yeah, we should put a pin in it. So next week, folks, uh, uh, September 7th, watch uh, Macworld.com
0: for a live blog from the event. Intrepid reporter Susie Oakes will be on the spot. And uh, we'll be writing analysis and so forth of what comes out, and then uh, we're hoping to time the podcast so that we will podcast. and We'll record after the event so that you can hear us discuss.
1: Uh, me. So you might not get the podcast till Thursday. We'll see. It's possible. We'll see Wednesday yeah, we'll see. if we can. Thursday, if otherwise.
0: We can. Um, but but it'll we'll be talk better. It'll be contemporary, right? It's funny. To, I know. It's, it I hate be. Apple does its events often on Wednesdays, and so we're like Tuesday. We're like uh, so. We'll catch up. So, Susie, great to talk to you as always. Yes. Thank you. A pleasure. And this has been, oh, I've been Glenn Fleischman and still am. And this has been episode 523 of the Macworld podcast for August 31st, 2016. Folks, email us, podcast at macworld.com. Find us at macworld.com and tell us your thoughts. And thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week.